0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Irish Training Podcast. In this week's episode, I'm talking with Nick Croft. Nick has recently published a book with us called Genesis Explained. It is 100% about the Genesis theme framework for WordPress, and Genesis has been Nick's entire career. Fortunately for him, it's been a successful career because Genesis is the most popular theme framework in WordPress, and also it's been used in so many different contexts that Nick has worked for an agency, worked on a SaaS service, he's worked selling products, and all of this has been through Genesis. So in this week's episode, we talk about his career, we talk about Genesis, and we talk about all the different challenges he's come across as a WordPress developer. Hey, Nick, welcome to the OS Training Podcast. Thank you for having me here. So Nick, I've been talking with a lot of people over the last few weeks on the podcast and all of them seem to live in fairly remote areas whether it's pippin from easy digital downloads in the middle of kansas or rod from our team that i was training in the middle of indiana in the middle of nowhere Where about to you
1: so right now i'm in uh, front royal virginia uh if you go east uh, sorry west from dc for about an hour or so depending on traffic you'll eventually find me right at the top of the shenandoah valley just before you get to the Skyline Drive entrance on the north end. So for people that might not have heard of the
0: Shenandoah before, it's famous for the US Civil War, right? There was a massive amount of stories happened in the US Civil War up and down the valley, it's close to DC. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, Civil War stuff all around here. There's uh, some old plantations and things like that. We had two different battles uh, here outside of Front Royal. Um, There's a a great hike not far from where I live called uh, Signal Knob. And it's during the wars, during the battles that they had here, the the generals would have signalers up on there to indicate troop movements and all that stuff. One of the funniest things, uh, if you go downtown here in Front Royal, there's a diary entry on one of the the historic plaques. And it describes Front Royal. It says something to the effect of, uh, Of Front Royal, I have not much to say. It is a muddy little town with dirt roads going every which direction, with two churches and a bar. Um, they've got <laughs> a few more churches, a few more bars, and most of the roads are paved, but they do go every which direction around here. Uh, it's kind of a mess, really, but eventually you find your way around. Is the place any better to live now? You know, I really love living here. Uh, my kids are are in the schools. they They have a great time. I guess what I like here is there's about a million trails. And so I, I've got one at the end of the road in my neighborhood. There's several hiking trails. The, the Appalachian Trail comes up through here. Uh, we, I believe it was three years ago, we're listed as an official Appalachian Trail community. So people get off the trail, come in here, get their mail and things like that. We've recently gotten a new trail store downtown and that's kind of the identity of where we are as trails and canoes. <laughs> also, if people want to escape DC for a day or for a weekend, they'll often come up your way to, to go hiking or kayaking and get out from the city. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, a lot of the cool things that we have, um, a lot of new restaurants have been coming up here because of the people coming out of the city. Uh, And so we've got several new restaurants that are very eclectic and and very nice, but it's convenient. Uh, My wife and I like to go on dates during the week for lunch because it's cheaper. And so we have access to uh, several nice restaurants that you wouldn't normally find in small communities like this. you describe yourself as a, a geek almost everywhere I see you. You have,
0: I think, a Twitter handle, Nick the Geek. Your website uh, takes the same approach. Almost everywhere I see you refer to yourself online, it's Nick the Geek. Is that a fair thing to say? Did it just? Is it something you just called yourself once and it stuck, or are you really just a hardcore
1: geek? You know, I grew up um, back in the 80s when being a geek was not cool at all. And Back in the 80s, I absolutely was a geek. I was the kid wearing the Transformers shirt and the the Thundercat shirt I played with the toys. I read the comics You know, it was it was my entire identity and lifestyle and I got teased and bullied a lot And so I feel like I've earned the right to call myself a geek um, Now it's kind of cool And so you have people wearing like the ironic geek glasses and the ironic hipster geek shirts and all the stuff But I have all that stuff like for real not ironically <laughs> I get involved with electronics. I do things like the Raspberry Pi or Arduino. I have an actual 3D printer sitting on my desk in front of me, and I create stuff on that. I play instruments, you know, like the cool people play guitars. I play harmonica. (laughs) So that's kind of who I am. It really is my identity. So what can you print on your 3D printer that you have sitting in front of you?
0: Is it big enough to print anything more than, say, a a pen or a pencil-sized object?
1: So the build platform that I have is right around 10 inches cubed. So I can build things like behind the microphone I have right now, I have a uh, a Batman head uh, that holds my microphone headpiece. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just I needed something. So I found something and and like, hey, this will hold my headpiece. And my, my headphones are on there. I've got uh, TARDIS stuff. Like I said, I'm a geek. And so I've got like a large TARDIS sitting on the shelf next to me. Millennium Falcon, but also have a lot of small stuff. I have all the power rings for the Green Lantern and the Blue Lantern, the Red Lantern, the Yellow Lantern, Magenta Lantern, White Lantern. I have all the power rings for that. I've printed parts. Uh, I'm actually creating something to hold my phone in the car uh, because the things that are available to buy, none of them quite fit my car correctly. So I'm making my own that'll fit into the tape deck and lock it and hold my phone. So I print decorative stuff and functional stuff. Things that I've designed, things that I found online. Oh well, so it sounds as if it's
0: almost uh, something you do once a week or more. You're constantly experimenting and printing out different three D three uh, D objects. Yeah, absolutely. When you get
1: older, you're still a geek. You just have uh, bigger and better toys to play with. Absolutely. I wish I had these toys when I was a kid. I would have had even more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so. I guess it was fairly natural you ended up in WordPress development. How did you find yourself in web development? So I guess it really started when I was a kid. I don't know. Listeners may not have a clue what a Commodore uh, 64 is. Uh, It was an early PC, well before Windows, and we got one when I was like seven. And I remember playing on that thing, having fun with the games, but then also going and learning how to edit things. Like the game was too hard, so I figured out how to change values in it. To make it easier, or the game was too easy. And so I learned how to change values to make it harder, but I actually started learning how to do that kind of stuff on my own as a kid. And then as a teenager, when uh, uh, the internet kind of first came around, I learned how to make really, really terrible web pages like, really, really terrible. You know, mid '90s web pages, (laughs) but eventually I I got to started doing things uh, a little nicer. After I started learning PHP, getting into WordPress, and doing stuff just for my own personal blogs, and suddenly people are like, "Hey, can you do this for me? I'll pay you money." And so I got jobs creating web pages. And uh, after some time, uh, Genesis came out, and one of the people who had hired me to build a site said. I've read about this Genesis theme, can you build my site on this Genesis theme? And, and so I did, and I went and bought the Genesis theme, promptly did everything wrong. Uh, I actually edited the Genesis theme directly, was uh, creating that site, had it published, gave it to the client, we, we deployed it. And then I think it was about three days after we deployed it, I realized that I should not have done the Genesis theme I should have created a child theme and, and done everything through that. And so like on the side, I'm scrambling, trying to convert everything that I did in the Genesis theme framework to the child theme and and get that deployed without telling the client anything about what I did wrong. So hopefully he's not gonna listen to this and be like, hey, <laughs> hold on now.
0: So you, you started with Genesis as a, a customer, someone stumbling around and learning what you could through experimentation. Uh, It was only later that you actually ended up getting a job with them?
1: Yeah. um, So like I said, I started off uh, a client wanted to use Genesis. I read a couple articles. I had no idea about anything. I went and did everything completely wrong. And then uh, after I realized all the stuff I'd done wrong, I got involved with the StudioPress forums and was asking a bunch of questions. Uh, A lot of the people in there were, were just incredibly gracious, answered the questions I asked helped me to get this theme that uh, I I had done as the Genesis theme itself turned into a child theme for this client. And so I figured, you know, they were really good and helped me out. I'll go answer some questions because I know the answers now. And went and answered some questions in the forums and then started answering more questions in the forums. And at some point, uh, Daisy, who uh, was the lead in the forums, was like, who is this guy? Um, he's just suddenly answering all these questions and... And we don't know him. And so Brian, uh, who who is the owner of Studio Press was like, I don't know him either, but he's answering the questions right. Why don't you talk to him? And so they eventually made me a, a forum admin as an unpaid volunteer position. And then several months later, I got hired on as a part-time contract uh, support worker. And then a few months after that was full time support worker and then you know Studio Press merged with Copyblogger. And I I continued on in support with them. And then Copyblogger eventually became Rainmaker Digital. And they moved me over to to development with all of that. And so I've kind of really come up through the ranks, learning a whole lot about development and processes by working with Genesis. And the the Genesis Explained series I started on my blog kind of documented a lot of the things that I did wrong and how I learned how to do it correctly through all of those processes and steps that I've been through.
0: So you've had a... A career in Genesis more or less. It came out in like twenty ten was the first release of Genesis?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so I got started just literally right as it came out and I had been doing a little bit of work kind of part time. I, I, I had a full time position that I was working as a youth pastor and associate pastor and doing this little bit of stuff on the side to make a little extra money because I've got a a wife and four kids, and so it's not exactly cheap out here. Um, And things just progressed, and it it went from just this small bit of work that I was doing uh, to full-time work, and and now uh, I'm able to to really say that uh, WordPress and Genesis have made me into, I feel, a a very well-rounded developer. And it's what's allowed me to pay the bills, so to speak. So uh, here's the question that a lot of people might
0: be asking if they've not really heard of Genesis before, but there's a, a million and one WordPress themes out there. There are frameworks that will integrate WordPress with Bootstrap, with Foundation, with all sorts of other different approaches for frameworks. What makes Genesis special? Why do you
1: keep working in it after so many years? So, there's several things that, uh, that make Genesis, I feel, the best theme to start with. It's difficult to learn. And because it's difficult to learn, a lot of people are like, oh, I, I don't want to do anything with this. But once you learn it, it allows you to prototype very, very quickly. When you work with other themes, you have to create sometimes dozens of template files to do things and so you've got all these template files and, and a lot of them are doing the exact same thing but you have to have multiple files to do the same thing because of the way the WordPress template fr- structure works with Genesis uh, a little bit of planning a little bit of creativity taking advantage of the the functionality in there it allows you to prototype that out and create that functionality with a handful of files a hand just a, a fraction of the code and then it allows you to focus on doing the things that you need for for your site or for your client site without having to necessarily reinvent the wheel every time because you've got a framework that does so much of the heavy lifting and just lets you focus on that prototyping and then going from the prototyping to the functional and final products. It's curious to me
0: that you say that Genesis is somewhat difficult to learn And that's one of the benefits. It's taking a very different approach to some of the point-and-click page builders, site builders that are out there like Beaver Builder or or, uh, Visual Composer. Is it fair to say that Genesis
1: is more of a developer's tool? In a way, uh, it is a developer's tool. But that doesn't mean that it can't be used by end users. So you mentioned kind of uh, point-and-click interfaces. And the cool thing about Genesis is the extensibility that's built into it. And so it's not unlike WordPress in that way. You have tools like Beaver Builder that can exist because WordPress is designed to be extensible, extended by plugins and extended by themes. Genesis is designed to be extended by plugins and extended by child themes. So a developer can come into it and say, I have this really great idea. I want to create an interface that will let people decide the colors for their themes, the backgrounds for their themes, the the font sizes, the padding, all of the different stuff to to completely reshape and redesign this theme so it's unique to their site, but they don't need to know CSS, they don't need to know PHP, they don't need to know JavaScript, to do all this stuff, we'll create an interface for it. In fact, the company I work with now, uh, Reactive Studios, has the Design Palette Pro plugin that does exactly that. And because it does that, people like it because they don't have to learn all of those extra things. So you were working in Genesis as
0: a freelancer, then you got a job with Genesis, and you left the actual company that makes Genesis about a year ago, and now you're working with a design agency that is heavily
1: involved with Genesis as well? The design agency is heavily involved in WordPress. They, they have... Uh, great experience with WordPress VIP and some other uh, top tier providers. But the Design Palette Pro plugin and a couple other things that they've created are designed to work with Genesis. And so we have a lot of experience dealing with those kinds of things. So I'm sort of straddling the fence of of two sides of that. Um, One side is working with Design Palette Pro and my own plugins that I've created and things like that, where I work with Genesis very extensively. The other part is addressing client needs that may or may not need Genesis, depending on what they're after and what they're doing, where they're hosting and all of those different things. So I'm still very much involved with Genesis, but in any given day, I may or may not be sitting in front of Genesis. (laughs) It's been a a major part of your work life, but
0: you were working with a company that uh, had uh, all sorts of different arms and Copyblogger was famous for giving copywriting advice. The team behind Copyblogger and Genesis launched a a SaaS service as well called Rainmaker, which had a kind of marketing angle to it. Did you end up diving into any of those other products as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually became the uh, senior developer with uh, Rainmaker, and so... Wouldn't want to guess how much of the code that I generated there, but it is a substantial amount of that code. And so I got a lot of experience dealing with it. A lot of the underpinnings of Rainmaker take advantage of uh, features that are in Genesis itself um, and extend those features because all the themes that are are used on Rainmaker use Genesis. Uh, So that was a, a nice common library we were able to take advantage of. In some cases, uh, we had to kind of reinvent things or or come up with new things because it was just really cutting edge, pushing the envelope sort of stuff. Um, even to the point of creating, uh, starting work on creating a full uh, CRM solution and working with an API system that was allowing us to to set up mailing lists and and all that tracking. It was a lot of lot of fun, <laughs> but it was also at times uh, almost like it is such a big project you you can't imagine the amount of work you have to do to create that project. And you think of other teams that do like any one thing that we did. They had teams that were as big as our team or bigger than our team to do any one thing that we did at Rainmaker and we're doing all the things. So it was very uh, exhausting, but rewarding at the same time to see the growth in all of that well you've been down three really different
0: angles now you've been uh, involved in selling products selling individual themes or frameworks that people can buy and download you've been involved on the SaaS side with rainmaker and on the agency side now how do those compare do you have a preference is one of those far more interesting and challenging than the others or has it been
1: nice to hop around i have to admit it's been a lot of fun to do different things um I, I guess one of my favorite things is learning. And so whenever I get to do the same thing over and over again, I kind of become a master of it. I'm like, I really enjoy this. I love it, absolutely love it. But I'm looking for new things now. And so whenever I get opportunities to to tackle a new project or come up with a new idea, I think that's when I'm the happiest uh, in, in what I do, the most fulfilled in what I do. The other thing that I absolutely, absolutely love is whenever I get to interact with uh, with the community and so you know I went to Wordcamp DC got a, got a chance to speak there got to meet a ton of people run into a lot of people that I knew from online I uh, went to, to Wordcamp us met you met several other people met a lot of new people that I, I have never met and a lot of people that I have known only online or, or have met at other events um, I enjoy working in, in the when I worked in the forums and, and talking to people online helping them to learn new things. And, you know, you talk to some of the people and they're like, oh, I I remember when I was getting started and you had the Genesis Explained series and, and it told me everything I need to know about Genesis. And you know, I, I just feel so great when I hear that kind of stuff. And so I love when I get to interact with the people or I'm doing something new. <laughs> Those are my two favorite things. So to say, which do I prefer? As long as, as, long as the forum work and support work Meant that I was doing that. I loved it. As long as you know, working on the SaaS project meant that I was I was doing new things and learning new ideas. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, you know, doing the agency stuff. I've really been challenged. Uh, I'm I'm learning about you know ops side of stuff that I, I had not had opportunity to learn about before, and it's been exciting to to learn all of those new ideas about uh, deployments and continuous integration and all of that stuff. Uh, I just love learning. <laughs> so that's what I like. I'm glad I get paid to learn.
0: Because <laughs> oh, Reactive Studios is partnered with WordPress VIP. You guys work on some of the the most high-profile projects that WordPress has to offer?
1: Yeah. Um, so high-profile, I can't actually talk about who I, I get to develop for. But um, I'll be honest, sometimes like... Uh, This week, two of the projects I was working on, I'm just like, I just can't believe I get to work on these projects. This is amazing. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so to find out some of the clients that Reactive has, we'd need to get you
0: in a bar and get some beers inside you. and um, uh, Most of them are under NDAs, uh, uh, really
1: high-profile customers. Yeah, definitely. And I wish I could say, because honestly, it's like, I can't believe I get to work on these projects. This is so cool. (laughs) Oh, a lot of these
0: front-facing projects that we could
1: browse around the web and accidentally stumble across your work. You absolutely will stumble across some of my work. the The projects are some of the biggest names that I can imagine, and so you know, from day to day, you may be like, "Oh, I need to go look for this particular store," and and that's as as specific as I'm going to get. And you'll see some of the stuff that I do, or, or you'll say, I'm looking for this particular author or whatever. Uh, and that's as specific as I'm going to get because there's a lot of authors. Uh, but there's a really good chance that you're coming across things that, that I've worked on. So it's really cool to be able to say that. But sadly, I can't say that. <laughs> well, how, how
0: different does WordPress look at that scale? or that much of a high profile. I have more experience personally in talking with people that have run similar sites in the Drupal world. And their contention is often that by the time you're dealing with Whitehouse.gov, which is now a WordPress site, or by the time you're dealing with one of these massive projects, you're not really dealing with the original platform anymore. When Whitehouse.gov ran Drupal, you're normally three or four layers away from touching any Drupal code by the time you get the caching and the deployment and so on. Uh, what does WordPress look like in such a high profile situation? Looks like
1: WordPress. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's the cool thing about the way it's built. There's a lot of really cool tools that, for example, WordPress VIP has. There is a layer in between all of that stuff to add additional caching, additional security, additional you know performance and, and various things like that. But where I'm working at, I'm working at, at WordPress. And so I've you know, that that layer. So I have a local environment that I don't need to have all these fancy tools installed to make it work. And, you know, the great thing is a lot of the the automation that we're using uh, verifies that we're doing things the correct way. There's a lot more security conscious ideas that I can't just commit code and get it into the wild and leave a huge security vulnerability. Um, By the time it gets deployed, I've looked at my own code. One of the other senior developers have looked at my code. And then it goes through a WordPress review process where one of their developers looks at the code and they're all looking for, between our automated tools and our manual checks, security, performance. Those are the top two things. Uh, You've got to be secure with everything. You've got to have the best performance mindset. And it's changed the way that I think about a lot of stuff. But the actual experience day to day is the same functionality the same tools the same ideas Uh, so whenever you learn at one time you don't have to learn something completely new and different it's just adding a little extra steps a little extra safety a little extra performance mindedness a little extra security mindedness which is great you can take that same process and apply it to anything and you're going to have a better site for it am i right in thinking that wordpress vip is often
0: highly opinionated in terms of the approach to coding, in terms of the approach to deployment, whereas you may go with a more, uh, an equally good, but perhaps more generic hosting company, I'm thinking perhaps Pantheon or WP Engine or, or Pagely, who uh, allow you to do whatever you want, almost within reason on their platform. Uh, am I right in thinking that WordPress VIP has
1: strict coding standards, strict deployment standards, is a lot more opinionated on these things? WordPress VIP is definitely much more strict about the coding standards. But at the same time, you know, we at Reactive are, are saying to ourselves, we want to apply that same level of professionalism to everything that we're doing. And, and even outside of Reactive on my personal projects, um, I've got the Genes- Genesis Featured Widget Amplified plugin, for example. And I recently updated that to use CI, CI to verify things. And so it's using PHP CS and WPCS WordPress coding standard to make sure that the code meets the same kind of standards that WordPress VIP would insist on. And even though I'm like the only person working on it, so it's not like I have a bunch of people to review my code when I commit it, I take time to commit it and then come back to it a few days later to do the review. So my eyes are a little bit more fresh to what I may have done wrong previously. And the goal is to try and reach that same level of professional code that WordPress VIP insists on because, honestly, there's a reason why they want to make sure that everything is escaped correctly and sanitized correctly, that the queries are are as efficient as possible because they're focused on security and performance. And if I'm hosting my code on another site, you know, Bluehost, uh, self-hosted, uh, shared hosting, you know, anything like that, I want to make sure that my code is secure and my code is fast, efficient. <laughs> so,
0: Nick, you have described yourself as a geek and have done for, for many years. Is that the target audience of Genesis Explained? Here, I was training, we've done quite a few beginner books. Genesis Explained is, well, who would
1: you describe as the target audience for the book? So, from my perspective, I think the target audience is... Anyone who is working with or is interested in working with the the Genesis theme framework, if you're a a casual end user where a a developer has set it up or you're using one of the existing child themes and literally all you want to do is just use that child theme, not change anything about it, then you don't really need Genesis Explained. But if you're an experienced developer, you may still find stuff in the book that's helpful. But if you're an entry-level developer uh, and you're thinking I'm making a lot of mistakes you know I made all those mistakes and Genesis Explained is really talking about all the mistakes that I made and how you don't make those same mistakes as I as I did (laughs) Uh, and so that's my audience well cool and it's your first book right? It is my first book so uh, my wife and I went and celebrated yesterday because it got published and uh, had some hibachi, and it was it was a great time. The guy tried to break an egg on my head. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, congratulations. Um, you did say that you like to do new things, and I'm glad we helped you check
1: one more thing off your list. Yeah, now I want to go write another book, uh, Genesis Explained as well, only about the first book of the Bible, uh, because I do sit at that unique kind of fulcrum between Genesis being the theme framework and Genesis being the book of the Bible. So when I announced that that was getting published, half the people that liked my status were, like, from the church. And the other half the people were from, like, the tech community. And I realized I really need to have both books. So when you search for Genesis Explained on Amazon, you get confused. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm typing it in now into Amazon. Type in uh, Genesis. And
0: I think you get basically Phil Collins. um, Lots of Phil Collins albums. A few religious books and uh, Genesis Explained will be quite a way down the, the Amazon listings. It's live now. If people search for Genesis Explained on Amazon,
1: they'll find it. Yep. And if you search for Nick Croft, you'll find it, and you'll also find stuff about Tomb Raider, a video game. Um, so I always said that if we had another daughter, she would have been named Laura Croft, just to confuse people. <laughs> I like that. So where can people follow your work and keep up with you? You can catch me at nick underscore the geek on Twitter. You can also follow my site designsbynickthegeek.com and then I have a personal blog where I, I track uh, some of my my church experience, uh, things as a youth pastor, things with with family experience, and stuff like that at nickgeek.com. Uh, there's there's no spacing, no underscores, no the, just nickgeek.com. Cool. I'll, I'll drop a link to your Twitter account
0: and those websites in the show notes. And wonderful, Nick. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me.